ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps up. Pop pass up the middle. Parker's got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit it in. Bradley's touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. Go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio. Utica, Rome. Her. 96.5 FM. Heard wherever you are. Whatever you are doing. On the ESPN app. Just find the audio section on your app and find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica, Rome, and you can listen wherever you are. If you are in uh, central New York today, that's likely indoors. Yucky, rainy day here in the Cuse, but hope uh, the weather's better where you are. Certainly the weather is gorgeous uh, in Augusta right now. Not only the literal weather, but just uh, the feeling. And uh, just Tiger Woods, folks. I mean, listen, you can't talk enough about it. And for Tiger, who is currently on the 18th tee, it has just been incredible to see Tiger Woods go out there after nearly losing his leg just over a year ago and hang in there. I mean, he's not on the leaderboard, but he's in the conversation. And that's all you can ask for. He just had a beautiful putt at 16 for birdie. He's on the 18th tee as we speak, wrapping up his day. Cam Smith is your leader at six under par. That leaderboard's starting to jam up a little bit, too. As we know, the uh, course will only get harder as the weekend goes, and that leaderboard will kind of separate itself. But you uh, had early money on Cam Smith. He's hanging in there and pulling away at six under par right now. You got him at four under. Scheffler came in probably the hottest golfer in the game. He's three under. Danny Willett. Former Masters champion is three under. Berger is at three under. So we'll keep you updated uh, throughout the day. We've got our updates from Westwood One as well. You won't miss a thing when it comes to the Masters. Hello, friend. And that's just part of what we'll be doing today. It is opening day in Major League Baseball. We've got uh, plenty to get into today. So however you're taking in the show, listening on those Devices and ways we brought up are watching at QSportsTalk.com. Where you can watch the show, chat throughout the show, be a part of the show during commercial breaks, which honestly would probably just be me watching the Masters today. So <laughs> we'll do some other things. We'll chat with you and see what's cooking in the chat. But uh, we're keeping uh, close tabs on what's happening at Augusta for sure. But plenty of other things to come as the day goes along. 
It is opening day in Major League Baseball. The Yankees and Red Sox, unfortunately, not opening up today. They'll wait till tomorrow due to the awful weather here on the East Coast. But doesn't mean we can't preview the season. And our good friend John Jastrzemski, JJ, going to come through to talk Yankees, talk Mets. I found a stat today about the New York Mets that I think will surprise J.J. when I tell him, and he covers New York sports as well as anybody, and I think will surprise you when you hear it too. I saw this today. I said, that cannot be right. It is right. We'll tell you what that is. Coming up, Yankees, Mets, Giants, Jets, NFL draft coming. I watched that Knicks-Nets game last night, mostly on the vintage broadcast they had on ESPN2, which was awesome. Uh, the New York Knickerbockers, uh, as expected, Stephen A., right, blew the 17-point lead they had at one point in that game. Look! Losing big leads to the Brooklyn Nets in Madison Square Garden is becoming like too much of a thing for those Brooklyn Nets. Our intern, Eric, is just despondent today. Just so upset watching his Brooklyn Nets once again go in and rip the hearts out of the New York Knickerbockers in the garden. It's pretty pathetic, so I'm sure J.J. will have some thoughts on that. Hot takes to come, blindside. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us once again say happy anniversary. Heinrich starts inside, goes outside. Heinrich gets it. Heinrich puts up the shot. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. That's right. 19 years ago today, Hakeem Warwick flies out of a different time zone, blocks the shot. Now, what people forget is that that did not end the game. There was a, sh- a second left on the clock. They got another shot after the one that Akeem Warwick blocked, but not meant to be. This time, New Orleans smiles on the orange, and 19 years ago today, a national championship. Unbelievable that it has been that long. So always fun to reflect on that. A couple of the cross games approaching, uh, one tonight, one on Saturday. We're going to focus on the one tonight. Uh, here in the monologue for the Syracuse men's lacrosse team. As they go to Albany, this is not a game that should be a big deal. It's a big deal in the sense that Syracuse is going to Albany. It's the first time in 20 years since this series began that that's happening. And look, good for them. You know, Syracuse, there was a time when they didn't have to bother to do things like this. You're, You're almost doing people a favor by doing that, you want to get to in front of different audiences. Recruiting is big. If you're, you know, there are so many hotbeds in the game. If you can get in front of players at different parts of the country, Syracuse has never shied away with its schedule. That's that's all well and good. But you know, Albany earned Syracuse saying, "Yeah, we'll come there." Right? There was a great story that Nate Mink wrote today in Syracuse.com when this series started. You know, John Desco was talking to Scott Marr, and Scott Marr had just scheduled a game with Fairfield. He's like, I don't know if we can come out there, Coach. we got Fairfield on the schedule. And Desco was like, look, you want to play Fairfield or you want to play Syracuse? Here we are 20 years later, and for the first time, Syracuse goes there. It's going to be cold by standards of you're not in the temperature-controlled environment of the Carrier Dome. It's going to be rainy and windy and cold. There's going to be a big crowd there despite that. They've sold over 3,000 tickets there. Tournament-like atmosphere. And this is their Super Bowl. This is big time. Albany has had some great teams in recent years. Going to the Final Four four years ago, T.D. Erlin, who's now on the coaching staff at Syracuse, one of the best face-off specialists in the history of the game. 
was on that Albany team. And Albany's had some great players, the Thompsons notably, Tawarthon Trophy nominees. And Albany has earned a place in the lacrosse world. They're just not there now. They're 3-5 and five this year. They're a team that has really struggled. I'm going to interrupt myself here because Tiger's on the 18th tee, and he just went way left. He he is. This is the one thing Tiger has not done well today, as we'll get to uh, throughout the show and focus on a bit more later. He He's not gotten off the tee well today. You can see him kind of grimacing, too, his face, uh, not happy with the shot, and looks like he's in a little bit of pain there as well. That might have been a factor as to why a shot went off to the left here, and that was one of the big questions about Tiger, if he could hold up physically with that injury here. So we'll keep tabs on that. Um, just spotted that here as we were discussing the lacrosse thing, so we'll keep you updated on how Tiger does there. But he's way left uh, off 18 as he finishes his first round at Augusta today. But look, Albany this year, this team right here right now, they're not a threat. But I just can't take anything for granted when it comes to the Syracuse lacrosse team. I just don't know which team's going to show up on any given day. I love the long-term plan. I love the coaching staff. I love the change that's been made. When you ask for change, and I am somebody that asks for change, then you have to let the process play out. Gary Gate, Dave Petromala, T.D. Erland, Pat March, what you have coming in recruiting-wise, the talent that's there now, but, I mean, the future is bright in terms of recruiting. you got to let the process play out. But, man, Syracuse is coming off a game that I'm still stunned happened. I'm not stunned they lost to Notre Dame. I'm stunned that they just completely fell apart again at South Bend. I know they had the travel issues. If you're not familiar, Syracuse didn't get into South Bend this past weekend until well past midnight. Had to play less than 12 hours later. Not ideal, right? They had several travel delays, plane mechanical issues, and that's not good. That's not ideal, but that doesn't mean you should get your ass handed to you. In the worst game they've played in terms of margin of victory for the opponents since 1977. You have that kind of team, but then you have the team that shows up and beats Duke, the team that is spirited and gets the goal of the year from Tucker Dordovic and, and plays its absolute butt off for four quarters. So, this is another good test for this team because it's an environment that is going to be challenging. It's a team that they should beat flat out just by being on the same field with. But The intangibles and the environment are going to make this a challenge for this team. They should be raring and ready to go and motivated after what happened to them this past weekend against Notre Dame, for sure. But you just don't know what you're going to get with this team. A couple things from Gary Gate here. First one here on on facing this Albany team. You know, he's built a a solid program, mid-major, and you know what? Uh, He's a good coach, and with some good talent, he'll have success, so... He, he's certainly ready to compete, and he's gonna, it's going to be a great game for us. One of the reasons we typically play this in the Dome and early is because, you know, the weather is always a factor. So we're going to get to enjoy, you know, rainy in 50, and, and it'll be good for us to have that experience. And uh, it'll be good. Hopefully they'll have a big crowd, and, and we'll be able to entertain them and have some fun. And, you know, uh, always happy to... Uh, play away with the opportunity to hopefully excite or energize young players to want to look at Syracuse when they grow older and and are being recruited. So that's why you go there and you play a game like this. And one of the first clips we played there, he was talking about Scott Marr, of course, has been the coach at Albany and has done an exceptional job there. But again, in the here and now, this Albany team, they're just not a team that should beat Syracuse in any circumstance. But Syracuse is not 
really gotten back to the point where they can flex on anybody. Syracuse is not at the point where they can expect to win any game. They have to earn everything they get. And one more from Gate here on just how this team takes the step forward from that embarrassing loss to the Irish. It's about, you know, learn from it, all right? Take what you can from the game and then forget about it and put it in the past and focus on what you need to do in the future to be successful. So we'll see what we get tonight. I expect a bounce back from this team. I expect, look, that defense is a weakness, but I think it's an Albany offense they can handle. Bobby Gavin's been up. He's been down. He's been all around. He got chased out of the net in the first quarter against Notre Dame. That's one of the most efficient first quarters I've ever seen from a lacrosse team in any game. So starting better is essential. It is downright critical for Syracuse tonight against Albany. You cannot dig yourself a hole again and expect to crawl out of it because when that happens, teams know what Syracuse is going to do. Frankly, it's it's all Tucker Dordovic all the time. Can Syracuse get a little more balanced scoring tonight? Can they get a better performance in net? Faceoffs actually weren't that big of an issue against Notre Dame. It's just Notre Dame was so efficient and scored on not only 9 nothing in the first quarter, they were up 12 nothing before Syracuse even scored a goal. Albany does have doesn't have anywhere near that offensive firepower tonight. But in order for Syracuse to get back to where they want to be and who they are, frankly, and to reclaim that reputation, it is games like this that you have to take care of business in. It is games like this that offer a little bit more of a challenge, a little bit more of an intangible, a little bit more, okay, you're on the road, bad weather, not what you're used to typically. But, I mean, these guys just have to, frankly, they just got to man up a little bit. They got to play pissed off. They got to go there and flex and ruin the party. There's a party in Albany tonight. They've been looking forward to this all year. This is the game they've circled on their calendar. They were supposed to play this game a couple of years ago, of course, but that game got wiped out due to the pandemic. And this is something, you know, for Albany that's huge because despite how I'm talking about a Syracuse program that's down, this is a big time opportunity for them to make a statement. We got you to come out here. We beat you on your turf. What do you have to say now? Especially for an Albany team that, again, is just not where they are anywhere close to what they've been in recent years. Haven't made the tournament in four years. You can't lose a game like that tonight if you're a Syracuse program that is telling itself that we're not where we need to be, but we need to make signs of progress. This are those signs of progress. I mean, let's not even get into the slim NCAA tournament chances that this team is already discussing here, okay? Very slim. You lose this game, you're out of the tournament. I don't see a path on how you could lose this game and then go down the stretch and beat the teams that are left. I mean, Syracuse lacrosse schedules are always tough. But, and I get that the ACC is... it sounds like a theme, right? We were talking about how the ACC was down in basketball and then you had a team in the national championship game. That could be the same thing when it comes to lacrosse because Virginia is still pretty darn good for a league that's down. But this is your schedule after tonight. You get Cornell at home. You go to North Carolina. You get Virginia at home and Notre Dame at home. So at least three of those four are at home. But it's not going to matter based on level of competition, if you go and lose a game like this tonight and, and dig yourself a hole, I don't think they can crawl out of. You're 4-6 and six 
if you lose at Albany tonight, then you're telling me you're like you're going to pretty much go perfect down the stretch against four teams that are ranked in the top 15 in the country and one of them which just completely destroyed you not too long ago in Virginia, who's in the short breadth of teams that can win the national championship. I know they lost to, um, who was it, Richmond this past weekend. That was a bit of a surprise. And Virginia's got some injuries right now. I mean, just take care of business. I'm not even going to call it a must-win. That would be an insult to a must-win. Just take care of business. Just shut down any opportunity for Albany to feel like they've gained ground on you. Albany's beaten Syracuse a couple times in recent years. I'm not trying to make this a, a bash Albany fest, but not this team, not this situation. This, this is nowhere, anywhere close to a team that should be beating Syracuse, even without down Syracuse is. So they got to get some mojo back. They got to get some of that confidence back and some signs that, yes, this thing is taking a step forward. 437 7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter and the live chat, humming at QSportsTalk.com. So JJ's coming up. We'll talk some baseball opening day, usual New York sports roundabout with JJ. We'll keep you updated on the Masters. Cam Smith just double bogeyed 18. And all of a sudden, a two-shot lead. He's tied with M, who's four under. Scheffler's three under, just teed off on 17. Willette Neiman, remember who played with Tiger today. We said that poor guy's got to play with Tiger. He's on the board. He's a shot off the lead at this point as they're on the 18th hole. But Smith with the double bogey, and all of a sudden, we've got a really tight leaderboard. And we mentioned Tiger went way left on his tee shot. We'll keep you updated on his situation as we go here as well. Uh, it's just a great day, man. The Masters is on. Baseball's starting up. We've got lacrosse in the air. All kinds of things happening. Let's get an update on the market before we take a break and talk to J.J., our good friend Bill from Lee Baldwin & Company is here. Bill, did you guys get any work done in the office today? I mean, uh, talking to Lee yesterday, it felt like you'd just be chilling watching the Masters. Right. It was a quiet day in the market. I think a lot of people on Wall Street were watching the uh, <laughs> The golf, golf but uh, the markets did rebound after two down days. The Dow rose uh, 80 points today, so uh, quiet day, as we mentioned. Uh, a couple diamonds. Uh, Hewlett-Packard, HPQ, had a good day, up 14%, as Warren Buffett disclosed he's buying this old blue-chip uh, tech company. And then on the downside, we have one that's probably familiar to the sports arena. It's SoFi Technologies. They're involved in the student loan business. Um, a moratorium has, put on, has been uh, extended again for student loans till August 1st. SoFi is saying it might, it might see it go to the end of the year. And uh, most people in the sports world know their famous stadium in L.A. So in our industry, you say once you put your name on a stadium, that's, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good tip. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, sir. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. That's our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company. You can find them at that fine website or stop in, have a cup of coffee, chat. You get all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. As Tiger is one under par and about to finish up here on 18. The leaders at four under par with Cam Smith's uh, double bogey, he being one of them, but he had a, a, a six-shot lead before that. So it's cooking at the Masters. We'll talk to JJ next. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. 
We're back, baby. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, or perhaps you're hopping on board for the first time today. Welcome. My name's Brett. We talk sports. Big changes coming to the Carrier Dome. Get to that here shortly, but uh, just to update you on the Masters. Ah, yes. Hello, friends. Cam Smith's your leader at four under par. He was six under on 18, but had a double bogey to go into the clubhouse. Scotty Scheffler is currently being interviewed on ESPN. He is a three under par currently as well. And a couple guys making a run on the lead here. Dustin Johnson is four under par as well. So he now shares the lead with Cam Smith. He's still on the course. Cam is in the clubhouse. Danny Willett. Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, all three under par, and a gentleman by the name of Eldrick Tiger Woods finished at one under par, 71 today. Absolutely incredible for Tiger to come out there after not being active in golf, almost lost his leg just over a year ago, accident that could have cost him his life, and here he is, looming on the leaderboard. It's only after day one, and his legs got to hold up, and a lot of guys out there that can make a move here. Brooks Kepka's making a move. He's two under par now. So the fact that Tiger is just looming, it's just, I mean, come on. This uh, It's all we asked for. When we knew he was playing, can he make the cut? Can he do it? Can he get through it? And the more he talked about it, I feel like I can win this thing. Game looked good. Everybody that watched him said, man, he's looking good, especially his putter. Had some trouble getting off the tee today. Had to... Really recover on a lot of shots. He only hit nine of 18 greens today and still finished one under par. That's pretty darn incredible. So there you have it. That's your uh, master's update. For the record, that was not a legal play-by-play. That was just uh, me doing an update here. No, no, no. So I wasn't doing play-by-play. The, the, guys, no, no. It's okay, guys. We're, uh, Mr. Axe, we're going to need you to come with us, please. What? It, it's... Just talking about the golf. It's just exciting. Please shut down the microphone and click this link. Come with us immediately. You have therefore been banned from the grounds, not only for life, but in the next life. But I just was telling people what. I'm sorry. Don't mess with those guys at Augusta, man. $2 pimento cheese sandwiches. Uh, A DJ four under on 11 right now, by the way. We'll keep you updated on the Masters. Or will I? Before they drag me away permanently uh, through the show. Big changes coming to the Carrier Dome, folks. This news uh, just breaking. Put up on Syracuse.com by the great Mark Wiener. Within the hour. So let me go through some details for you here. The headline, no more aluminum seats. The benches will soon be history at the Carrier Dome. But let's read you part of Mark Wiener's story here. Syracuse University will receive $20 million in state aid to help pay for an appropriate figure here, $44.7 million in renovations to the Carrier Dome under a state budget deal expected to be unveiled today. The project will replace all of the stadium's aluminum bench seats with new plastic seats that include backs, according to plans that SU submitted to the state. That's right. Everyone gets their own seat with a back. 
because the backless hard metal bench seats have been a source of fan complaints since the Dome opened in 1980. The new seating is the biggest part of the second phase of SU's renovation project, uh, which began in 2018. The university has spent $120 million on the upgrades to date, of course, the new roof, the new scoreboard, the uh, re- uh, renovations that we have seen. Uh, to this point, funding for the new phase will be included as a capital project in the state budget, according to Assemblymember Pam Hunter, uh, chair of the Assembly Majority Conference. A vote on the $220 billion budget could happen as early as tonight. And remember, as part of that, the new Buffalo Bills Stadium getting a significant chunk of state money, about $800 million between the state and Erie County. They'll pay for that. The Pagulas kicking in the rest of that. So the aluminum seating is one thing. Uh, A couple other improvements will be a renovation, which would include the installation of 5G technology throughout the Carrier Dome and a new Carrier Dome events facility, which would be built uh, in the vacant space between the stadium and the barn center at the Arch. So there you go. Some more renovations coming to the Carrier Dome. And look, people always say this uh, in a... It's interesting because, you know, the Buffalo Bills are a professional sports franchise. They're owned by billionaires. You want a new stadium, pay for it yourself. But, look, we all know how this game goes. You're going to play the leverage game. You're going to get state money where you can if they're offering it, and you're going to play that game, and the Bills got it. Some feel state money shouldn't go to projects like this. Here's how I feel about it. If we really think that every cent of state money goes to – projects where it's not wasted we're fooling ourselves here right it's 220 billion dollars and you're going to throw 20 million of that to make the fan experience at the carrier dome better i think that's fair i think that's something by the way as i have said before if i could make you know i'm about to write this check by the way it being tax season if i can you know check a little box Hey, Mr. Axe, where would you like your state taxes to go? Here are some choices. Oh, I'll check that box. Have a better fan experience at the Carrier Dome, 5G technology, more comfortable seating, whatever the case may be. This is the specifics of the latest. Yeah, where do I sign for that? Okay, because, look, there's a lot of uh, places my money goes as as a taxpayer in the state that I probably wouldn't prefer it to go, but that's out of my hands, right? So... I don't mind that some state money gets, and it's it's funding half of it, by the way, $20 million of a $44 million renovation. So there are those that say that money should never go to things like stadiums. It's, it's kind of like the old line from the Shawshank Redemption, right, when he wants money from the state, and the warden tells Andy Dufresne the only thing people want their tax money going to when it comes to jails, more bars, more guards, and more walls, Right. I think that's how some people feel about tax money. It should only go to certain things. Certainly well aware. There was an amazing story we did on Syracuse.com recently about Dr. Weeks Elementary School and the struggles they're going through and where some of this money can go, and that's all well and good, and those arguments are valid. But I don't feel like you just automatically shut these things down when the opportunity comes up. So there you have it. That's the big news, the Aluminum benches will soon be a thing of the past, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that changes the look of the facility. I mean, the dome is still the dome. It will still always be that to people, but I'm still, when I'm driving on 690 
or coming up 81, more 690 than 81. But when you get that first view of the dome and the roller coasters there, that still jars me. That still is different. That gets me every time when I drive by that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's different now. But the experience of the building is better. The look is better. The scoreboard and the experience that that brings, some of the other enhancements that they're going through. Now, as some people were joking around on Twitter, just don't mess with the troughs, okay? Just don't mess with the troughs, ladies and gentlemen, because I really enjoy the awkward experience of, of peeing next to 20 other men. That's that just don't mess with that, right? Don't mess with the dome foam. Don't mess with the dome dogs. Don't mess with the troughs. But it just goes to show you the, the changes that have happened in that building, right? The blue curtain, now a thing of the past. There's a certain generation of fans that are like, when they look at old photos and old footage of the dome, they're like, why was there a giant curtain there? I miss the curtain. Just speaks to a certain day and age of Syracuse sports, right? But that's gone. Obviously, with the new roof, you no longer get the experience of the airlock, you know, and the experience of when you go through the roundabouts getting blown out of the dome, right? Like, that's just one of those unique things. That's gone, right? What that building is now versus what it was when it opened in 1980, I mean, the core of it is still there, the look of it, even with the different uh, roof, it still kind of feels the same. I still feel like people are always going to call it the Dome, even with the efforts to call it the stadium and kind of get away from the Carrier Dome thing. But it has undergone a complete renovation. The feel of it is still the same when you're in there watching a game. To me, it's not exactly the same, but going to Fenway Park now versus going to Fenway Park 20 years ago, like the bones of the stadium are the same, but the experience could not be any different. And I feel like for the better, by the way, that's the case at the Dome. Because there was a long time where going to the Dome, like the seats were uncomfortable. The place was drab and dreary and gray, and they didn't have, you know, the, the banners and the retired numbers and, you know, how they've completely revamped that. Looks a lot better. You know, the food wasn't always the best. It was just like, you know, you're going to go to a game and you're going to like it. But over the years, the experience, can it be better? Certainly the acoustics just have, even with all the new technology, have not come around if you were at the spring game Friday. They were doing some interviews and stuff. There's just there's something about the acoustics in that place that just haven't been able to be worked out. There's still some bugs, but there's no denying that the experience now versus even five years ago, ten years ago, is much better in that place. And it's about to get better again. That's something we've always talked about and have been told, like, can't do it, won't do it, somewhere in between. So to now hear, oh, yeah, we can do that, and we will do that, and everybody's going to have their own seat at the Dome. That's going to take some getting used to, but a change for the better there, certainly. So there you go. Just uh, breaking, uh, we've got word of that story just about an hour ago. And there it is. It's up, and uh, you can read more of the details. Mark Wiener wrote the story at Syracuse.com, but that's the headline. No more aluminum seats. Investment in 5G technology. Wireless has always been a little spotty in that building, too, so one would imagine that will get better if uh, you're upgrading to 5G. 
And uh, as mentioned, an event center is going to be built adjacent to the Carrier Dome as well. So there you go. Interesting news coming across the wire, as we used to say back in the day. It's a significant anniversary in Orange Nation, most of you know. But if you don't, we'll remind you next. Stay right there.